You're listening to Journey to Truth Podcast. recording yeah we're good oh god i'm nervous no um (laughs) why all right (laughs) yeah welcome six times why why are you interrupting me is the question oh yeah i'm just gonna keep interrupting (laughs) you is that cool uh welcome to journey to truth podcast uh i'm tyler koala with aaron coon and tonight we have justin deschamps how's it going justin good great to be here guys thanks for having me yeah, Thanks great, great us. having you. Uh, um, so I guess we'll just, uh, I kind of want to touch on everything. We'll just kind of see where the conversation takes us, but tell us about everything. Uh, Q, ETs, uh, your own personal work, uh, what's happening, you know, in the community right now. Uh, just uh, go ahead and fire away. Right on. Well, I I run the Stillness in the Storm website. Uh, It's like a news media website. I post a lot of news-related items. Um, I also post a lot of just information I'm searching for. So what my mission is, to put it in a nutshell, is to try to help teach people how to become better truth seekers. Because ultimately, through the truth, everything else that you could think of, whether it's trying to free yourself from the cabal or make yourself healthy or advance in your spirituality, or have better relationship with your partner or your family or whatever, all that falls under the, the truth umbrella. So a few years ago when I woke up in 2010, I asked myself a question. I said, what, what is the biggest thing that I could lay claim to that would help as many people as humanly possible that would encompass all these different aspects of various things we're finding in the truth community? And the three things I made contact with were philosophy, law, and, and psychology. And I know it sounds kind of dry and dusty, but the, they're really like the big grand things because as far as philosophy is concerned, that's basically that how you use your own consciousness to make sense of reality. So, and psychology is like the mechanics of your beingness. And then law is the fundamental rules that make up existence itself. So if you think about life like a video game, the way that the video game is set up, that's where the law comes in, like all the things you can and can't do. Your psychology is like, well, how is the character set up? What skills does it have? And then psychology or philosophy is you actually using all of that in real time to do things. So when I made contact with those three big branches, I started to realize, yeah, actually everything does relate to itself. And if I can speak to these three subjects really clearly, then I can give people tools not only to discern whether or not the information they're understanding is true and accurate, but then how to use it in their lives and how to not be dogmatic with it. So um, one of the things I really try to emphasize is uh, discernment because in my, my time in the awakening community, which I've been involved since um, publicly since 2013, I've noticed there's a lot of people holding what I call flags of truth. You know, 
this is my truth. You have to believe it. Maybe there's another person who's got another truth that doesn't really jive the same, but you know, they want you to believe it. And I realized that there was a lot of people who, a lot of great information, but not a lot of like deep, rich understanding. Because ultimately from a philosophic standpoint, from like a, what's called ontology or the study of beingness, the truth is one, there's only one truth. But we all have different perspectives on that truth, which means that if we can work and figure out how to weave our perspectives together, then we can unite as a people to not only make our lives better, but free ourselves from this tyrannical control system that we have. So um, that's kind of like the big, big picture uh, perspective that I have on my work. So as a way to do that, what I do is I find all sorts of different pieces of information and I present it as food for thought for people, asking them to think about it, contemplate it. And then when I have time, I'll actually do like a deep dive analysis of a body of material. I'll describe some type of concept or principle, some type of um, really important tool or useful ability and really get into it. And, and right now, I'm, there's a whole bunch of different things I'm researching. I'm researching male and female dynamics and how the cabal use divide and, conquer, divide and conquer tactics to separate men and women and destroy the human family and consciousness itself. Uh, I'm also researching what I'm calling kind of like the, the spiritual mechanism or blueprint that allows the creator's essence and plan to actually flesh itself out inside the creation through psychology and how that works in your actual body, which is really fascinating because once you understand the kind of spiritual psychology, what I call spiritual psychology, all of your other human motivations start to make sense. And one of the control mechanisms the Kabbalah uses against us is to make it so that we don't know who we are. We don't know our own nature. We don't know where we come from. We don't know what the universe is. And because of that, we don't really know our identity. I mean, if you don't know what your identity is, if you don't know where you're coming from, what you want to do, who you are and where you're going, you, it's very easy for you to be manipulated and led astray. And we're basically living in a world where humanity has forgotten itself. And because of that, we're all kind of blindly walking off a cliff together in a, in a collective sense, not everybody individually, but in a collective sense. So, um, well, yeah, that's, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. I just, that's exactly what's, what part of this awakening is, is, is re really remembering who we are and remembering what we already know. It's just, it's just buried deep inside of us. And I like what you said earlier about the, uh, I guess, the cabal trying to divide the men and women, but it's not just men and women as, in, as far as relationships. I think it's also uh, families. Um, it's separ it's separating families right now. Uh, there's a lot of lot of controversy. You know, uh, people. I know someone who argues with her mom just uh, be, or over this whole uh, uh, deep state thing. You know, and it's just it, people are growing apart. There's definitely a divide and conquer agenda happening. Oh yeah. Totally. And it, I would say the, the core wound is, you know, the, the wound between parent and child. That's probably the first one, the, one of the biggest ones. And then from there, you have the, the wound between individuals and other individuals. And then obviously male and female, like once, once you get old enough, the divide between men and women at a romantic level, at a pair bonding level, you know, and, and from a, you got to realize that the deep state or the cabal, these guys are ancient psychologists. These guys have been studying human nature for all of human history. 
and arguably they inherited a whole lot of information from extraterrestrials or extra dimensional beings and things like this. So these guys know you better than you know yourself. And if you think you can live a happy, productive life without gaining self-knowledge, you're dreaming. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, yeah. you got to know what you're doing. You have to know how your body works. You have to understand how your consciousness works. And when you do that, it can be a little intimidating because at first, you know, the things that we're sold from society in is to, we want to live like a, a kind of hedonistic lifestyle where it's all about pleasure and fun. And, you know, we don't have to worry about our problems. We can just mask over them. You can just take a pill. You can go see a movie. You, know, you can drink a beer, whatever it is, the thing that's going to make you escape from your problems. But in reality, in your efforts to escape from one slaughterhouse, you're moving right into another one without even wearing it, being aware of it. Yeah, it's like fixing the drug problem with a pill. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. Yeah. Problem, reaction, solution. So. Yeah. Um, I just uh, I want to. So I wanted to ask you, how long ago? Did you start up Stillness in the Storm? Uh, great. As a matter of fact, we're in the six-year uh, anniversary. We just turned six years in March. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're six years old at this point. That, that's awesome because I, I was, I was uh, on there checking out. Uh, so you have the, the official page, and then you have, I guess, the separate group. Mm -hmm. on, on Facebook, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so you have, like, over 51,000 people that have liked the page and then over 20,000 members in the group. Uh, that's incredible. Congratulations on that, man. I don't yeah, know thank how you. you, I don't know how you started or what came about, but, uh, I don't know if you ever even anticipated on it getting as big as it is, but that's awesome. You're good for you, man. Yeah, I wasn't actually. And when I, we started stillness, the, me and the co-founder Julian, um, Originally, it was just a podcast. We were researching all this stuff. We had started our awakening in 2010. We discovered cures for cancer and the UFO cover-up and um, various other things, a whole bunch of things, and law. And we, we really wanted to just add our voice to the choir of people who were researching information and just kind of took a life on its own. And we, we weren't really anticipating it. And, but once we had the, the interest, we felt it was our duty to, to do something good with it. And that's what I've been trying to do since then. Yeah, that's awesome. That, uh, so you actually started off as a podcast, you said? Yeah, yeah. It was on Blog Talk Radio back in the good old days. Nice. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that was fun. It was like a discussion set, very similar to the, the podcast you guys have. We'd, we'd pick, pick some topics, just have a conversation about them, um, all sorts of interesting things. And then uh, – in 2013, we started the actual website to start to just post information we were finding, and then that, that kind of took off on its own. Well, it had a few posts that went viral, and that just uh, got a life of its own. So, yeah. No, that's awesome. That uh, gives me hope. <laughs> you know, hopefully we can. Yeah. I mean, I, I already see this going in a, in a positive direction, but it's, uh, it's, it's just really cool to hear other people's stories of, you know, how they got to where they are. Um, yeah. And you, I remember you saying, um, kind of the thing that triggered your awakening or that started you on that journey was, um, you, you were researching the, uh, Gerson therapy for curing yeah. cancer and you, or you came across that and you're like, wait, like <laughs> I, I, there's, this is ridiculous. Like, or, you know, like if there was a cure for cancer, I would know about it. Like I'm, I'm a smart guy. Um, and then you just wanted to check it out and then you kind of found out it was legit and you're like, well, what else 
is out there that I don't know about that, you know, you kind of just went from there. Exactly. Yeah. That was, that's what I call, um, you know, my grand awakening moments or in psychology philosophy be a, the crisis of belief. So, you know, the reason people wake up at all is because the, the maps of knowledge or the beliefs that they're using to organize their reality break down at some level. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that breakdown happens, your, the way your psychology works is you, you go into kind of a crisis mode and it feels, usually feels really intense. You get a lot of anxiety. It can cause sometimes paranoia or anxiety attacks. And what's happening is you're going to like a hyper state of awareness because your brain or your consciousness, which is itself guided by spiritual and a spiritual being or plan is looking to get more information. So, you know, the, from a, a kind of a grand perspective from a, what is the spiritual, the spirits trying to do to the flesh or to the body and the minds to allow evolution to take place. We have a whole body designed to be receptive to information and we evolve through information. We evolve through exploring ideas spiritually. So when you have a belief system, and this is one of the things that Cabal really tries to do, they want to get you to believe things, but they don't want you to understand why you believe them. Exactly. And once you do that, you identify with it. It becomes a part of your identity. And now some other belief comes in that counters that. Your, your natural reaction, your animalistic reaction is to be like, no, 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 that can't be true. It's a threat. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I was actually watching, uh, I don't even remember what it was, but it was a psychological test. It was a, a waiting room full of people. And everybody was in on the, on the test except for the, the one girl. Uh, so they were sitting in the waiting room and there would be a beep, just a, a noise, a beep go off in the room and everyone in the room would stand up and then they would sit back down and then it would beep again and it would stand up. Well, the one girl, she wasn't in on it. So everyone stood up and she didn't know what was going on. She looked around and okay, they got up again. Okay. And then the I, third I time, remember, I remember seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. And the third time it went off, she's she stood up with him and then she started standing up with started him. Doing it. She had no idea what she was doing or why she was standing up, but she just did it because everyone else was doing it. And it's the simplest test, but that, and this just enlarge that into the masses. I mean, and look what kind of control you can have on the people. Exactly. Yep. Precisely. So, yeah, I mean, one of the things they do is uh, particularly from an early psychology perspective, is they destroy the mother-child bond. And once you, that's really important. You got to think about birth in terms of uh, prenatal. So you spend nine months in the womb, but then you have a a postnatal period that's almost equivalent. So it's nine months in the womb and then nine months out. And at nine months you're out of the womb, you and your mother should basically be like one. So she's literally like carrying you out inside of her. And then when you're out of the womb, now she should be carrying you around outside of her, but literally on her all the time as much as humanly possible. And what that does is it allows you to build the tools in your own psychology to actually deal with the unknown so that you can explore reality and then build your own personality structure that makes you a strong, confident, free thinking person. Well, the way we raise our kids, especially these days, most people don't get that experience, which means they never really develop a strong personality, which means it's a lot easier for them to succumb to like group think and social engineering and mass mind control techniques like the one you just described is a really good example of that, of that effect anyway. And uh, I know, I, I don't remember which ancient civilization it was I was re- reading about, but they would actually consider 
So uh, intercourse to them or making love was a, a big deal back then. It wasn't, uh, and they knew when they were uh, going to conceive, they would basically perform a ceremony and they know they knew that was the night they were gonna uh, have have their child. And that would actually be considered the birthday of the child. They would celebrate the night of conception the day of conception as the birthday not the actual physical birth which is really interesting that just shows you our ancestors the spiritual knowledge they had compared to where we are now and I, I know a lot of that is because we've been manipulated but it really makes you think about it makes you think about a lot of stuff you know if you really break it down it's it's interesting oh yeah totally they, they've, there's a reason they spent so much time trying to make history or the people who lived in the past seem like antiquated cavemen, you know, mm -hmm. people didn't know any better kind of thing. And don't get me wrong, obviously we've made advances over the years, but to say that wisdom that was working, you know, a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, 5,000 years ago is just useless. That's just not true. You know, it's just not the way reality works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely true. I I just uh um I don't know, there's so much we can learn from just studying. Well, it's hard to study history because it's been skewed, but when you when you learn how to look at it from a spiritual aspect, um and and you know what to look for, there's so much to learn about us and even our future, you know, what we're capable of. Uh, yeah. I think it, Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, um, what I've noticed is, uh, they really, they really like, they really program us to live out of a place of fear. Um, and that's kind of what keeps the whole system going. Cause, uh, if you look at our society and you look at everything, literally every aspect is, is rooted in a place of fear. It's in survival, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and you're programmed from day one to, to live in that place. So you're not, you're not living, you're not living from a place of, oh, I, I love everyone and I can trust everyone and I can, you know, I can be creative and do what I love and be at peace and, you know, love, joy, peace, all these, all the well, things yeah. that we're supposed to be experiencing as human beings. Right on this planet and uh instead we're programmed to live uh oh i need to survive i need to make money i need to i need to make sure i got what i need and look out for myself well, and, like i need to be afraid and i need to like it's all these low vibrational fear-based things and and we just kind of get this programmed into us from day one and and if you stay in that it just kind of runs your life if you if you don't ever question why you do things you just follow the programming, you just get stuck in this place of fear and you just get stuck in this low vibration and it just kind of like runs your life. And then, and well, that was, that was kind of the purpose of, of the whole cabal is to keep us existing in a survival frequency. Yeah. And, and part of the awakening is, is learning how to exist in an empower a frequency of empowerment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because like you said, it's not just fear, it's distraction. Uh, it, it's everything, you know, they, there's no, there's no uh, 
it's, quality of life. I and mean, people don't understand quality of life because, you know, I work a 40 hour job still. And, and people, when you talk to people and have real conversations with them, some, somebody quality of life might be working 40 hours a week, then going to do work on the side during the weekends because they're chasing the money and they're making money and they're, they're really doing good. They're, you know, they got all this stuff saved up, blah, blah, blah. But then there's no free time. And when, when I ask people, what do you do in your free time? They don't have a good answer for me. It's, right. it's, they've, they've become so disconnected. They don't even understand the quality of life that they could be having. Yeah. They, like, yeah, yeah. Like most people's free time is just like, Oh, I just do whatever to like relax or, but they don't really have anything they're like passionate about that they're like, this is what I live for, you know? And not this everybody. Do. It's just like, no, I just work a shitty job that I don't like to pay the bills. And, and then I spend right. the rest of my time trying to forget about that and getting drunk or like, you know, doing whatever. Right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is one of the reasons they've systematically tried to control. Um, we could, spirituality is a pretty good general term for it, but the, I would say that the hidden definition of religion is your personal experience in exploring the divine and then in turn yourself. So it has to be a personal experience. If, mm -hmm. you, go, if you go to a major religion, they're gonna, you're going to see the same kind of ideas, but they're prepackaged. It's like mm -hmm. walking into like a quickie mart instead of, you know, making the food yourself or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's like, here's so, the truth. Take yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, from a spiritual evolution perspective, you don't evolve by memorizing intellectual, bland, dead intellectual facts. You evolve by contemplating this stuff and integrating it and studying it and, and asking yourself, well, what does this mean? And then in the act of studying what it means, it actually creates these deeper structures in your consciousness that literally change who you think you are in relation to all that is. So it's one of the big things, the reasons why religion has been so in charge of trying to control what people think of the universe is and what their relationship to it is. Because if people organically started doing that, then they would start to develop a lot of empowerment. And some of the, uh, I guess you could say the better spiritual circles out there. I mean, even in the, in, in, I would say to contextualize this properly, in the modern era, we have this explosion of different types of spirituality. We have new ageism. We have Hermeticism, we have, you know, the Blavatsky kind of New Ageism. We've got like the, um, the what's it, Law of Attraction type of New Age. Mm. And a lot of these, they sound really good on the surface. And they, they do have a lot of good things in them. But it's just the same model of believe this, don't think too hard. You mm. know what I mean? Just blindly keep following this thing. Yeah. So. This is the truth. Don't, don't try to question it. Don't try to figure out if it's true or not. Just, it's a, like, just accept it. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. Um, I just yeah, had I have I, I have noticed that. Sorry. I just want to say this real quick. I have ahead, noticed you know, because a lot of people will will leave like Christianity or leave another religion and then get into new age spirituality, but then they just fall into another religion that they don't realize it, you know, if if it's the the uh version of new age that's you know, don't look at anything negative because then you're then you're attracting it or you're creating that <laughs> right everything's love and light you know only focus on that only focus on good positive like positivity and the and here like it's it's very dangerous because you know you're then you're just it's just you're falling into another belief system that you're you're programmed to not ever accept 
or look into anything negative that's going on the planet and you're just bypassing all that is when you're uh, spiritual bypassing that's that's what that is um you're allowing you know yourself to to let things happen that shouldn't be happening um because you're just told you're not supposed to look at it um right yeah, and that's exactly. that's not how like we do create our own reality. I definitely believe that, and we do we can manifest reality, and that's that's what we're constantly doing. But there's a difference between that and just completely ignoring what's actually happening. You know, totally. Yeah. Uh, something I found interesting. So I just recently started learning about uh, how witches. I guess witchcraft. I don't know. Uh, a group, a group that I belong to, uh, the, the most recent meeting was about, you know, where the, the term w- which originated, what really, how it came about and who, who were witches and paganism and all that stuff. And I had, and so really when it first started, it was, uh, it was like a very spiritual, very high consciousness, uh, thing. They practiced natural curing, natural healing remedies, uh, apparently the cone their witch's hat there was a cone shape that it was supposed to represent higher consciousness mm. and eventually they became a threat when catholic religion started rising they became a threat to the catholic religion and then yeah. that's when they started uh getting pinned as evil and that's how the whole witch trials began right in a nutshell uh, i just i i guess i had never dove into the topic uh but it was just like, it was a, a really beautiful thing that was happening. And it was like almost the beginning of, to see the cabal. That, that was like the beginning of the cabal, essentially, stopping these, because they were, they were understanding higher consciousness. They were understanding how to cure themselves and heal themselves. And this was a threat. And this was the first, it, after learning about yeah. Uh, this I, I really understand wh- why we are where we are today it's it, i never would have phrased it back to starting with a witch but it's yeah. it's pretty uh interesting yeah that's a that's a favorite tactic that they like to use is they like to demonize anything that is a threat um anything that empowers humanity and is a threat to them well because empowering humanity is a threat to them right. in and of itself um and they they will just demonize it yeah like you said with uh witches and then you know you look at you look at the uh hippie movement when that started that was a huge threat to them so they're like all right we gotta we gotta shut this down in um they uh you look at uh charles manson when he came out uh if you look if you really look into him it very much looks like he was he was a uh, created by the cabal to uh to kind of shut down the hippie movement and, right uh, interesting and, you know get this get this get this serial killer going around killing people and right. uh, make it look like a dangerous thing and then everyone just wants to stay away from it and and you know it, it works it's worked really well and they 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 basically have used what works well over and over um throughout history when you when you really study history they use the same totally. tactics over and over Oh yeah, they they don't really innovate much. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a researcher, Mark Passio. He's a really great he's, researcher. He's awesome. Love yeah, Mark Passio. One of the things he says that I completely agree with is that 
you know, the dark occult, they don't really know how to innovate anything. And there's a, lot, a very good reason psychologically why that's the case, because trauma destroys your creative centers and your holistic brain function. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, these guys use the same basic models again and again and again. And, you know, what you were, you were talking about, Tyler, is this whole witch idea. So one of the, the tactics they like to use is they'll, from a psychological perspective, if people aren't raised properly, then they develop what are called personality alters. And these personality alters are governed usually by biological or animalistic disgust mechanisms. So a disgust mechanism is you see something in your environment, yet you instinctually don't want to be around it, therefore you move away from it. And animals have disgust mechanisms. That's what prevents them from you know, eating bad food that's gonna kill them or like a dead body or something like this. Well, in human beings, it can get really distorted, especially when the, the parenting process is distorted. So they, you have these culturally instantiated disgust mechanisms. So a taboo is a culturally instantiated disgust mechanism. What that means is that they can, if they can convince people that something is reprehensible or socially disgusting, then a whole bunch of people, because they, they fear being cast out of their social group, will now start to rage against that thing that has just been labeled disgusting. The witch example you just talked about earlier is a perfect example of that. You take these people, they're just minding their own business, doing their own thing. I mean, arguably some of them maybe weren't doing such great things. Probably a lot of them were doing you know, nothing too threatening, but they were threatening the church. You convince people through an elaborate PR campaign that the witches are bad and they're, I don't know, killing kids or doing something socially apprehensible, which they've used that propaganda a lot. As a matter of fact, if you look at um, World War I propaganda and French Revolution propaganda and Bolshevik Revolution propaganda, the progenitors or the people they were trying to cast as villains, they almost always cast them as like baby killers, baby rapists, you know, really horrible things. Because what that does is it activates your disgust mechanism. And as soon as you're in disgust mechanism mode, your brain centers stop working properly. You kind of go into this like animalistic groupthink mode. Mm-hmm. And then you're just ready to like get your pitchfork out and start killing people. So now we have, you know, a good example of that is the, uh, the witch issue from before. There's many examples that that one's around like the seven, I believe it's like the 15, 1600s. Uh, now, now we have a Trump supporter. Trump. Yeah, just say <laughs> now you have Nazis. So what happens when you don't want, you don't like what somebody says? You call him a Trump supporter. You call him a Nazi. And it's like that all of a sudden the masses, the mob, the, the unthinking masses just descend on you and dogpile you and try to smash you and kill you. So yeah, I, uh, I just quit my band about six mm. months ago because of that actually really <laughs> yeah. that that was your reason for quitting actually uh or it was did a little more than out? that but that was kind of the last straw so to speak yeah um i got it's a shame that's, that's a shame. i got attacked on fit two of them first commented publicly on some posts i made attacking me and then they sent me and then they both sent me messages at the same time attacking me wow uh, because they just couldn't believe i would it was around the time when the Kavanaugh stuff was going on and the, okay. and all that. So it was a lot of, you know, very politically charged time of, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the people on the left were, oh, you know, you're evil if you, <laughs> if you. Well, that's another, that's another it. perfect example. It's another oh, yeah. perfect example. Yeah. And it was just this group think. I saw it so clearly. I'm just like, you guys, like, I was trying to be like, can, can we just chill and like have a discussion about this? Can we just talk instead of like just this react reactionary like slinging insults and you're a horrible person um and they seem to not really have an interest in that so <laughs> i'm like yeah 
Well, yeah. it was that, and it was a, and it was just the fact that I support. I had made it clear that I support Trump as a president, mm-hmm. and I was in, and they knew I was in the queue, and they were all against that. And uh, you know, I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist. Well, that's that's yeah. really weird. Just just uh, the way you actually hesitated right there to say you supported Trump. Trump has become such a. Uh, such a taboo word almost yeah it's it's still like uh tr- like oh i <laughs> like i guess i do support him like it's weird right. but i know i i know i know somebody who who just started deleting people off of her facebook who were trump supporters didn't matter if she was friends with him or not just delete delete and it's just unbelievable and uh yeah speaking yeah. of uh if you're you a trump supporter, were... delete me now i've seen those posts a lot. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I mean, that's a perfect example of that, you know, and and one thing I wasn't even necessarily a Trump supporter when it all came out, but I I kind of got this like, you know, support the underdog kind of leaning to me. So I know somebody's getting dogpiled. I know somebody's not, maybe not getting the fairest treatment. I'll I'll give them a little bit more uh, leeway. So I, Mm -hmm. I was looking into Trump and people kept calling him a racist and all these things and sectist. So I'm like, okay, well, I study epistemology. Epistemology is the study of why you know something is true. It's basically like a science of discernment. So if somebody says Trump is a racist, I say, okay, great. That's your claim. What's your evidence? What's your argument? Mm-hmm. You know, and literally everybody I talk to, and I talk to hundreds of people, nobody really had an answer. Nope. They're like, oh, well, you know, I he don't. said he said Mexicans were rapists. And I'd be like, well, First of all, Mexicans aren't a race. That's a nationality. <laughs> <laughs> and secondly, did you hear what he actually said? Because if you actually listen to the statements he said, he did not say that at all. Mm-hmm. What he said was that some of the people that were coming over were reprehensible people. And this is the reason why we need to have border security. Mind you, if the same policy that Trump is using right now is the exact same one that was pushed by Obama, the exact same one that was pushed by Bush, and the same ones that Clinton and all these other people who are supposedly you know, for open borders, a few years ago, we're all talking about the same thing. So this is a perfect example, like you were saying, Tyler, it's a perfect example of using these, the, the fear of social ostracization, the fear of being cast out of your social group as a way, a manipulation tool to get you to slip into a false belief system. And it works beautifully. It works flawlessly. I mean, we were talking about this off, uh, you know, before we get on air and that um, you got to really give respect to the cabal. And, you know, in this instance, I mean, they're, they're playing people like fiddles. Most people are just buying into it, hook, line, and sinker, yeah. especially in the awakening community. A ton of people mm-hmm. in the awakening community are buying yeah. into it. So, you know, this is one of the things that I, you know, just to get on my, my soapbox here for a second, this is why I really preach discernment because discernment is so vitally important. It's so easy to be led astray in life. And if you're not careful, you're driving off a cliff and you're taking a whole bunch of people behind you because you've strong-armed them into believing what you think is the right thing, but you don't even know yourself. So mm-hmm. it's really, you really got to take the time to do discernment, be brave, go into your own belief system and say, how do I really know is this true? And be honest with yourself. If you don't have a good answer, then try to deal with that and process that. It's going to be a hard thing. It's, it's definitely one of these moments where you go from being an infant mentally to being an adult. Once you do that, man, the rest of your life just opens up in a big, amazing way. Yeah. It's kind of like well, you're taking, you take control of your own life essentially rather than yeah. letting, letting others control you is essentially what you're doing when you're not, when you're just believing things because you, because 
you were told to believe them by whether it's the mainstream media, a religion, um, a teacher, a group, you know, oh, all my friends believe this. So, you know, I see, I really see that a lot. Like a lot of people, I think they just want to like fit in with, with their friends or, or the group of people they're around. So they just, they just kind of like adopt whatever belief they have and they don't really, they, they haven't really like researched yeah, or be, thought too much cool. about it. They're just kind of like, oh yeah, everyone believes this or, or everyone that's a good person believes this and <laughs> they have their own kind of like false rationale to it, you know? Sure. It becomes and, cool if it's cool to believe it, which gets me, which is another point like, uh, well, first of all, another part of discernment is, is taking, uh, sometimes it's taking a step away from the, the news and the politics and everything else and just uh going into meditation because yeah. when you follow it so much if you just just if you're just constantly oh my god watching this watching this watching this you know i think we've talked about this before you just lose sight of where you are but when you go into meditation really work on yourself then uh it just seems like discernment kind of comes naturally it's a lot easier to to yeah. figure out okay this is this feels good this is bullshit you know right yeah you need a healthy sense of attachment i would say yeah. um you know one of the things i, I posted an article I, I decided in uh in september of 2018 that i really needed to kind of write like a, a quick and dirty manual on discernment which isn't really quick and dirty it's a pretty pretty lengthy post but yeah. it's a <laughs> it's <laughs> really good to my, yeah yeah we were talking about it off air it, yeah. it's called um the four key steps of discernment. If you go to my website, Stillness in the Storm, one of the tabs up there, it's like discernment essentials. I highly suggest everybody take a look at that because one of the things you'll likely uh, realize as you start to get to know yourself more is that I would say you can kind of categorize people in two ways. You have the people who are really seeking the truth and allowing themselves to get transformed and shaken up in the process. Or, and then you got the people who are really just looking to maintain what they think is true. So they're looking for information that confirms their beliefs. Mm -hmm. And the reason they're doing that is because the beliefs are like the container that contain your identity. So you identify with your beliefs. Those, and your beliefs literally shield you psychologically from chaos. So in order to really become an authentic truth seeker, you have to learn how to embrace chaos. You have to learn how to embrace the ever-flowing change that you're gonna experience as you seek the truth. And in this post, I, I wrote down a lot of the good tips and strategies for people to how to use the, the discernment properly and wisely. I also wrote a post called uh, Mind Hacks for Enlightenment, where I talk about the relationships between your belief system and your truth and what that actually does for your reality. Because a lot of people think that we're interacting with reality, like you know, there's a screen here and you know it's actually here and I'm touching it. But what's really happening is that your senses are acting like an intermediary. So what you actually experience as reality is literally a biological virtual reality environment. Everything's created in your brain. Yep. And because of that, everything has meaning and it's actually tied to your beliefs, how you see the world, how you see reality. This is something in psychology called goal oriented perception, where depending on what goal or thing, a task that you have in your mind, you literally see reality differently. So if you're not aware, if you're not taking the time to really understand yourself and look to see, well, who am I? Why am I studying this information? Why is information, you know, if you're into extraterrestrials, why is information about extraterrestrials so important to you? Why is it that you want to hear about, um, you know, alien worlds and how enlightened they are and whatnot? 
you know, ask yourself these questions. Some people don't ask these questions. And I'm not trying to, you know, dog on anybody for their chosen belief. I actually think all the information is really important. But if you don't take the time to look within, then you could easily deceive yourself and create a, a false tapestry or a false base or foundation. You know, one of the things that's a really deep truth in what I would say spirituality is that in the seeking of knowledge about the world, you're actually seeking to know yourself. Because when you go out and explore the world, you know, let's imagine you're going to a restaurant, you're, you want to try it, the new dish for the first time. Well, you're trying it. Do you know you're going to like it? No, not really. You have no idea. You've never tried it before. So you're, when you explore the dish, you're also exploring how you react to the dish, which then in turn gets you, gets to you to know who you are. So if you really have what I call a metacognitive process where you're, you're looking outside of you to explore information, but then you're also looking within to see how you react to that information, what that says about who you are. Now you've really got an amazing process for knowing thyself. And that will start to, to decouple a lot of the programs because a lot of the cabal manipulation programs are all designed on you not knowing yourself. So you're kind of like wandering around in the dark aimlessly just from one thing to another. I call it like information addiction or information infotainment, you know? Yeah. People, they don't really understand what they're, understand what they're reading but they have to constantly consume more, you know, the latest update, the latest UFO whistleblower, the latest Q mm -hmm. post, you know? So, um, yeah. 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 I see a lot of people like, there's a lot of people that will like share just like everything on Facebook <laughs> and, uh, and a lot of it's really good. And, and I'm like, yeah. And then a lot of it's like, not so good <laughs> or, or, or like pretty like, I don't know about that, you know? Um, but they, they get caught up, like you said, in this information, like they they get excited about, you know, the information, but they don't, they don't use discernment and like, you know, or they like, is this actually something I should be sharing or is this actually, or they, or they share stuff without, I know a lot of people share things without, uh, without even reading, they'll read the headline and then they'll share it. Yeah. You got to watch out. Cause a lot of it, you got to click it and read it because some There's of it might be out there. Yeah. Some of it's just, yeah, bullshit, clickbait. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, speaking of uh, Facebook, I got, I've, I officially got put in Facebook timeout today. Oh, really? Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I uh, it was a, a, a post, it was a post, a comment to one of the links on Two to Stars Academy's page. Mm -hmm. uh, I just kind of, I, I kind of posted on, it was, it was a link to their new uh, his, uh, series on the History Channel. Um, is supposed to be questioning why UFOs are a potential threat to our nation and, and the national security, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I, and I kind of made a post saying uh, how it's just fear more fear-mongering, blah, blah, blah. And then somebody asked me, they said, how do you know, um, how do you know that UFOs are not a threat? And then this was the comment that got me. Uh, it was a really good comment. This is, they say, how do you know that UFOs are not a threat? And this is a comment that got me banned from Facebook. I said, secret space programs, whistleblowers, my own ET contact, Q, and just an overall spiritual understanding of who we are, how we got here, and the planet being at the end of a 25,000 year cycle. The powers that be, or the powers that were, who want to control the narrative on ETs and UFOs, want us afraid so they can maintain control these are the ones feeding Tom along with this fear aspect. They are being removed from power 
behind the scenes every day. Two to Stars was supposed to go a lot differently than it is, but Hillary lost, and that's when their plan failed. Light is taking over the planet, and nothing can stop it. It's a natural cycle. And they decided that was worth banning me, wow. blocking me. I'm not allowed to do anything on Facebook, and they didn't give me a time limit. No kidding. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Wow. Yeah, well, there you go. They got some kind of algorithm out there. I know uh, my site, I was on on Facebook, the page that I had was, it was getting a pretty decent organic growth. And then they changed something and my growth went from, you know, it, it probably lost like 95% of its momentum, um, you know, and, and it supposedly wow. gets like a certain number of like 100 likes a week, but it's been sitting at the, the number that it's at, like 51,000 for like a year and a half now. So clearly yeah. there's manipulation happening. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, this is a good sign. And, you know, maybe we should talk into, I know we've gotten into like the super deep, like philosophy kind of philosophy stuff, which I love. I could play here all day, but I know probably people are probably hankering for like the, you know, the nuts and bolts, like tell us about the Alliance kind of thing. So maybe we could <laughs> yeah. talk a little bit about that. Let's do it. All right, cool. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, let's, let's talk about it. Yeah, I'm involved personally in a, a pretty exciting group. Um, I can't really talk much about it, but one of the things we're doing is it's called the Restore the Rule of Law. And basically the, the way that the, the control mechanisms work, they're all founded on a lawful structure that's held and maintained by the Vatican. And if you, you look at the, one of the ways to really trace back, like, well, who's the, you know, who are the pay power players who's making all these influences? A lot of times we say, follow the money. Instead of following the money, you should follow the law. And if you follow the law, you get way, back way farther than you would if you follow the money. And some of these groups and organizations that have been created, the, the baseline foundations for how our control system work, they reach back thousands and thousands of years, all the way back into Sumerian mm -hmm. times and mm -hmm. arguably much further before. Oh, yeah. So what we're doing is we're creating an entirely new lawful system, and it's actually already been developed, that allows us to basically operate our spiritual essence on a completely different spiritual structure and the law and spirit are fundamentally related with each other and that one of the reasons why they make law sound so dusty and boring is because they don't want people to understand this stuff mm -hmm. but if people really i mean if we if we as a group of people just even like a small percentage of the awakening community really studied law and all got on the same page together we would be unstoppable so um, that's one of the things I'm working on right now. There's going to be a lot of information that's going to be coming out. Uh, we had a really big victory in the past couple of weeks with some things that are going down. And um, so that's really exciting. Nice. So there is an alliance right now that is working at multiple different levels. I'm personally involved in one of those aspects, nice. of the, the, the law aspects, which, you know, it, it, it crickles into all sorts of different areas, London, the Vatican, <laughs> of international settlements, things like this. So there's also the Q Alliance, the Q team, you might say. Now, I'm not a huge Q researcher, so I can't sit here and quote like Q posts and what, you know, exactly what they mean and things like this, because it's a massive body of information. Yeah. But I do look at it from a top-down socio-political perspective. And one of the things that I think is uh, inarguable from a, a claim perspective is that Q is unquestionably cause activating people's consciousness. Mm -hmm. He's putting out information, He's doing so in a way that it's called the Socratic method. So he asks a lot of questions because he doesn't want to give you the answer. He wants you to find the answer. Mm -hmm. And the mere fact that he uses that method, I would argue, proves that the people behind Q 
they really understand how the cabal control mechanism works and they're actively working to undermine it at a literal psychological personal level yeah it's like they're doing the exact opposite of what the cabal does of like exactly the cabal gives you the answers they want they want you to have and and then you don't start thinking you don't start on a train of thought for yourself you just have the answer right so what q's been doing is putting out all these questions that you need to ask yourself to get you thinking to to get you on the right train of thought to find the truth and to find the answers exactly exactly Uh, yeah and that's really important i mean if if one of the reasons why society has crumbled into basically a uh, you know a volunteer slavery system or uh slavery through you know money or whatever way you want to describe the slavery system it's based on the fact that you don't know what you're doing based mm-hmm. you know all these muscles and tools that allow you to like be sovereign to, to guide your own life without being dependent on somebody to tell you what's real they aren't there so what the, the beautiful thing about q from that level is what, something that i've observed is that it's actually making people better truth seekers they can think it better is. they're getting more critical thinking and the initially it's a longer pro uh Uh, plan or agenda because you know it's easier to just tell people what to believe and they're going to probably believe it real quick but Mm -hmm. as far as being useful it's not really all that useful it doesn't necessarily rally the troops on the other hand if you can start to get people to think and develop their own personal sovereignty which is one of the things that q is doing well it takes a little longer because people have their own process and it Mm -hmm. takes a while you know you think about it like going up a mountain right you know, you, you, can, you can get behind the gondola and you can all pile into the gondola and ride your way up to the mountain. Or you can, everybody can go along their own track up the mountain. And at first, you know, they're all coming from different places, so nobody sees each other. But eventually, as you start going up, you start meeting the people because they get closer up the mountain. So in a sense, that's what's happening with Q. That, you know, a few years ago, this, yeah, it's, it's almost two years now. When mm-hmm. I think it went, no, a year, I'm sorry. Because it came uh, out on October 30th. October thirty first, two thousand seventeen, I think, or twenty. Year and a half. Year yeah, and a half. Year and a half. Yeah, year and a half. Now we have these. You know, there's people who came out against Q and said a whole bunch of, in my opinion, fallacious things that don't hold water. And then there's the actual analysts, and then there's the actual material. And if you put all the cards in the table, and you look at the people who've kind of followed it along, there's a, there's a growing body of people who really are slowly coming together at a at a like boots on the ground level. So I would say this alliance is like a top-down alliance that's working, instead of trying to work its way to kind of just work at the top, it's actually working at the top, and then it's working up underneath at the same time. Exactly. So there's this like top-down kind of thing that's slowly happening, and we have legions of people. I think the last estimate I saw, which Q posted himself, I think he said it was like 60 million people or something like that were into wow. Q in just the United States. Wow. Which is massive. That is you know. huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is massive. I think it's interesting that uh, people, so for some reason, I don't know why when I refer to Q or when I think of Q, I think of they, but then there's a lot of people that refer to Q as him. Mm-hmm. It, it's, and, and I know we really don't know, but it's funny. It's just interesting to me because it like somehow just, I just jumped to they and to hear someone else explain it, talking about him. Uh, so um, who in your mind, who is Q? Or do you have any idea or thoughts on that? I mean, I have a few ideas based on um, not not the best case, but I'd say the most honest answer is I don't know. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, I would say it seems as though Trump or somebody around Trump 
is feeding the Q team information. Um, mm -hmm. There's Q and then there's Q plus. Q plus seems to be Trump. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say, yeah, it, it seems like that's Trump. And, it, you know, I'm not a, a, a linguist, so I don't study necessarily the specifics of linguism, but I, I'm pretty detail oriented when it comes to linguistic analysis. And just the phraseology of Q plus and Trump, it's, it, there's a strong correlation there. Mm -hmm. yep. So it seems like Trump could be Q. And then on top of it, I mean, there's just so many instances of, you know, I'm sure you've heard these like Q proofs before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where, you yeah. know, Trump uh, is saying something, he'll point to like the, the guy, I think it was in July of this year, who was wearing the Q shirt. Um, there was yeah. a motorcade from this past summer where these people were hold honk if you love Q and then the motorcade honked. Um, and mm -hmm. then in the recent CPAC speech, I believe, uh, I haven't confirmed this yet. The photo that I grabbed for the CPAC speech, it had a photo of Trump standing there and the flag was over his left shoulder in the photo, but it's actually his right shoulder, like in real life. And the way that the flag filigree was folded around the flag, it literally looked just like a Q. Nice. Uh, well, <laughs> so, the, uh, the Christmas photo that, that Trump posted with his family, uh, one of the stockings had a Q on it, right? Yeah, yes. exactly. like, but it was like an O with a, it's like they deliberately put a piece of tape on piece it of tape. to make it a Q. <laughs> so right, not right. only was it a Q, but they deliberately put tape on it to make it into a Q. Right, exactly. And yeah, and uh, Trump will like tweet something like right, like right after Q posts. Uh, Same timestamp. Yeah, yeah. Trump will like say, like, like one of the phrases that Q will say, Trump will have it at the end of his tweet. Uh, he, he's done that a lot, stuff like that. Um, there's so many Q proofs, you can't even really keep up with them. I mean, yeah, there's just, so many. It's when you really look into it, <laughs> right? Like, I don't see how you could come to any other conclusion that, at the very least, Trump is connected to this Q, to Q, and to the Q movement. Um, Certainly, in some way, um, you can you can dog it all you want and say like you know, nothing's going to happen. They're not actually, you know, they're not actually doing anything, but you, I don't, you can't dispute that Trump's is not connected to it. I, and when you actually look into it, you know, there's just way too much evidence. Oh yeah. A really good that. source to follow is a uh, serial brain too. I'm sure you guys have heard of him. I, I have. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. He's he great. You know, I, and from a, 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 I, from an epistemological perspective, you know, what, how do we know that this analysis information is true? Mm -hmm. one of the big things you got to understand when you're when you're discerning is that a claim is itself a description of reality and that evidence is used to support that but there's a whole lot of gray area so when you're discerning something instead of thinking of discernment as like this magic recipe that gives you a yes or a no answer and it's always true that's not the way discernment works what discernment actually does is it gives you possible answers and then yeah. you have to try to figure out when which what you think is right and then you just go on faith, like, well, this one seems to be right. So I'm going to act like this one is true and see what happens. That's what's called pragmatism and philosophy. So mm -hmm. when it comes to and, and analyzing these proofs, you know, a lot of people rag on serial brain too, because he's pulling out numerology. He's taking like post times and timestamps and making these numerological correlations. He's doing gematria to boil down these numbers and these words into numbers. And then he's extracting from that other yeah, words he's, yeah he's yeah. he's insanely brilliant <laughs> with he is so stuff he you does. Know, and what a lot of people complain about is like oh well he's just make finding connections that don't exist impossible that's not true though that's not true no nope. the connections <laughs> are there 
that he's picking one interpretation out of many possible interpretations and saying this is the intended meaning. Now, whether or not that's the intended meaning or not, we don't know. But one mm -hmm. thing you can't deny, it is dishonest to deny, is to say that this, this objective relationship, it doesn't exist. It does exist, unquestionably. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then this is, this is another one of these points where it's like, this is the kind of, it's from some people who want really hard answers, it frustrates the hell out of them because you don't get the hard answers. You don't get the yes or no answer. Well, but like you said, it, it points you in a, it just gives you a starting point to do it on your own. So they're not going to get that answer. Exactly. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. Um, I'm glad you interrupted. Uh, so yeah, so, so there's people who really want that specific answer. And I get it, you know, a lot of people, let's face it, you know, to, to learn how to discern, to learn how to do these things, it takes time, a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy. It takes bravery because in the act of questioning your own truths, you're like, holy crap, I don't really know as much as I thought I knew. And that can shake you to your foundations. Yeah. But once you damaging, go through that, it can be damaging to the ego too. <laughs> so oh, a yeah, lot of people, fine. they have this huge ego, like, oh, I'm so smart. I know all this stuff. And as soon as you, you start like, talking to them and being like trying to walk them through this discernment process and you know a lot of them will just kind of shut you out like no 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 i already know i already know the truth like they don't want to take the time yeah like, yeah it's not worth because it's like it's a not threat to their looking into it it's a threat to the ego yeah. when right. you when you already think you have all the answers or you have the answer to something precisely and then yeah. you start realizing oh i don't <laughs> I've never right. well, yeah, as much as discover. as much as I've learned in the past few years, three, four years, going through everything, you know, waking up to all these realities and just just the ET aspect of it alone blows my mind and much in and the Q and everything else. As much as I've learned, you know, what do we really know? Still we know nothing. You know. Uh -huh. We're down here at the bottom of the of the pyramid still, you know. We're waking up and that's changing, but like you said, Aaron, it's like you just what you thought you knew it just totally has been shattered, and even still, like every day, it's just constantly learning, learning, learning. Yeah, you and really, just, you really just got to question everything. That's what it, that's what it comes down to. Don't don't ever just accept anything at face value or just blindly accept anything. Question right. everything, research everything, use use the discernment method discernment method that you talked about with everything um and yeah that's gonna it takes time it takes effort energy um it it probably is going to take some deprogramming to a lot of a lot of stuff you you want to believe or that you already thought you knew and that's what i had to do when i when i started my awakening journey i had all these like christian answers to everything that i was programmed with and it was like one crack in the wall showed up and I'm like, okay, well, if this, if this thing's not true or seems to not be true based on my own research, what else have I been just blindly believing that's not, that could possibly not be true? Yeah, right. it just leads you down a rabbit hole. And I just went, yeah, <laughs> and I just kept going. And then, and then suddenly it was like, before I was closed off, I had like a wall put up to, to anything outside of the box, outside of my box, right, that didn't agree with my own belief system. Mm -hmm. suddenly once i once i questioned everything for the first time in my life i'm open to all possibilities right to anything right. and everything like so i just went down i just went down every rabbit hole i could i just started that's, that's why i got you know i started looking into 
spiritual concepts into ETs into conspiracy stuff. Um, I found David Icke. I found David Wilcock. I found uh, Stephen Greer, even though that's another <laughs> topic. Sure. Yeah. Well, what happens? Like what happens is it's, it's, it's it just it starts to snowball. You know, you get you get into one thing and it snowballs into another, and then yeah. next thing you know, you're, you're here one year, and then a couple of years later, you're like, you look back, you're like, not even the same person anymore. It's yeah, I'm a completely completely different person than I was. Let's see, 2012 was really when my awakening started so eight years ago yeah right right a completely different person and um but at the same time i didn't just blindly accept every single you know every bit of information i came across i didn't just go okay that's true or you know or oh i've heard that a few times so that's probably true even that is you know it's very dangerous because you still you have to be very very discerning and that's what that's what basically taught me to be discerning and to use discernment uh, because well, right. I just come across so much information that was new to me that I'm like, okay, how do I know what's true? How do I figure out what <laughs> there's so much information. There's so much stuff. Like how do I know if this, if what I'm hearing and what I'm coming across is true or not. Right. So I, well, I just kind of naturally started like figuring out how to discern that. Well, you said it earlier, Justin it is just, is taking everyone's perspectives and kind of intertwining them together, weaving them together. And, and that's how you create your own, that's how you create your own view, version of, of, of your reality, I guess, of your, your version of disclosure. You know, you have to, you know, you can't just take one person's testimony and ride with that. And you, you gotta look at everybody's. That's what Aaron was just saying. You said it earlier. And, mm-hmm. and it really does. Uh, it, that's really key to, understanding you know any of this information right exactly yeah so that's one of the things that i think you know that part of the alliance knows this i would say probably the best example we have of an alliance is the q phenomenon you know for many years we heard rumors we heard people you know insiders whistleblowers saying that there was an alliance but it's hard to tell if there's anything that's true there because sometimes the things they're talking about are off world. So you don't really, you can't go out there yourself and say, well, yeah, there's definitely this happened. But now with the Q phenomenon, we have real tangible things that you as an individual uh, or the audience or people, the people, we, the people, we can go out, we can look with our own two eyes at this stuff and we can start to see and comprehend that. Yeah, there really is a conspiracy out there. So, you know, I think one of the things that's really encouraging that's coming from the whole Q phenomenon is that it's, it's causing a really organic awakening and people are finally kind of crawling out of the proverbial cave, so to speak, and walking into the light and starting to really to learn that they have the skills within themselves to better understand the truth and reality. And then once that happens, I think it's a really an initiation from like a psycholo- psychological perspective. It's, if you're familiar with the hero's journey, you know, the, the hero's journey is echoed everywhere in film and TV. And the story basically goes like this. You're, you're innocent. You're, you're living on the Shire. Everything's beautiful. Everything's perfect. You don't have to worry about anything. And then you hear some kind of calling, some call to adventure. And in that call to adventure, you get humbled. You realize, wait a minute, this little world that I thought was all perfect actually isn't perfect. There's this really big problem. There's this thing that if I don't figure out how to solve, my little world, my family, my, my Shire, my, my little pocket of universe is going to come crumbling down. 
And then that calls you to go out into the world. You go to the abyss, you go face the dragon, you face your fear and the act of facing your fear, you activate a part of yourself that you didn't even know was there. You gain spiritual powers, you gain powers of consciousness and sovereignty. And then now you can go back to your, your, your village with the golden fleece, with the, the gold, with the dragon scale and give the rewards back to your, your tribe, so to speak. Well, that's what this is really doing for an individual capacity. I mean, a lot of people, the reason why people are so tr are catalyzed, I think part, a lot from the Q phenomenon is that first of all, it's pretty easy to digest truths. We're not talking about like really crazy stuff. So that helps a lot, especially in the beginning. But secondly, once you realize that, you know, it's all these problems of corruption. I mean, that's one of the things that really activated me when I started waking up is I always wondered why the world was such a screwed up place. And yes. for years, I just didn't know what the problem mm. was. And I, I kind of almost like just accepted that things were just screwed up. And I figured, oh, well, this is just human nature. Hum well, yeah, no, humanity you know. is just inherently <laughs> evil, I guess. Yeah, exactly. You know, the same, you know, the repackaged original sin. So, yeah. Um, so, but one of the things I realized after waking up from Cures for Cancer is that, no, there, there are answers. And once you have that answer, once you make contact with a fundamental truth that helps you better understand your reality, it's like something comes alive inside you. You transform and now you want to go out and you want to like tell the world and scream it from the rooftops. And that's what's happening with the Q phenomenon. There's so many people who are going out there and doing that. And right now from a, like a grand spiritual perspective, uh, there's a, a book I, I really like. I'm constantly going back to it. Not because I believe it absolutely, because it has just tons of really good ideas in it. It's called the Urantia book. Yeah. Uh, uh, and have it right over here. Oh, do you? Nice, man. Great. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't started reading it yet, but I have it. <laughs> right, go right on. It's, a, it's definitely a beef, beefy one for sure. Yeah. Um, well, they have whole sections in there describing what the actual divine plan for causing evolution in spirit on these worlds are. And basically what they're describing is that things take time. There's a slow evolution. And a lot of times from the temporal perspective, from the the here and now, things look really crazy. There's a lot of chaos. You know, we're living in a time right now of like if I if I walked into Charlottesville, which is the town, it's a city next to me because I live in Virginia, mm. and I and I held had a Make America Great Again hat on, I might get jumped. Yeah, you know, I might get beaten up because it's we're in this time of bifurcation, but this mm -hmm. is actually good because what's happening is in the act of bifurcating, in the act of um, t causing a lot of tension. The people who are gaining discernment, who are gaining true knowledge, who are thinking critically, the Q followers, are butting up against the NPCs, the people who don't think, the people who are deep state controlled, the, the COINTELPRO people. And, and this is the beautiful part. Everybody around them gets to watch it unfold. And then in the process, they wake up. Mm -hmm. So right now, it seems really chaotic. And this is something I, I try to reinforce when I talk about these things is that, yes, we, you know, I, I'm out there looking for all this crazy stuff, news related, and it can often seem like, well, I'm just fear mongering, but no, that's not the case. What I'm doing is I'm trying to find these, these heralds, these omens, you know, these comets in the sky that let people know that, hey, things are really moving forward in an amazing way. If you learn how to see things properly, if you learn how to see things from a holistic, truthful perspective, then we have amazing signs of incredible spiritual awakening consciousness evolution happening right here right now and it's, it's truly amazing well you definitely is. see you start i'm starting to see a turn even i don't i do the same thing I, I i'll check out media just to see the direction it's heading or what's or sometimes i'll go out somewhere and it'll be on tv but you're definitely seeing snippets of of 
I guess what you call awakening material truth being be, being just kind of snuck in there mm-hmm. and, and so it's just it's just like a sign it's just like you're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel just a little bit like it's kind of like like I googled the term loosh the other day and it brought up uh I don't know if you guys saw that on Facebook but uh I, I saw it Man, I wish I, I wish was, I could remember what the actual. It was pretty spot on, actually. But I was surprised. Somebody, like a meme or something, or. Yeah. So no, I just I just googled loosh because, mm-hmm. um, just based off of a post that I saw, and the very top. Can you can you screen share in here? I haven't even looked into that. You should I'm be able sure. to. Whoever the host you is, can, yeah, right? yeah, or, or just me, I guess. Yeah, so you, you could screen share. Yeah. All right. One second. You can find it. Did you find it, Aaron? Um, one second. He's pulling it up. Oh, we can up keep right shooting. Up. So why don't you keep describing while he looks it up? It basically, it literally used the word reptilians and archons and demon energy uh, being used to control and manipulate the human population in, in a nutshell. Mm. And that was the top result on the Google search. Wow. The fact that they even used the word reptilian. You know what's interesting? It's no longer the top result. <laughs> it's not. <Is> it really? <laughs> no, but, so they, it, but the second and third result is right on. So yeah. The urban dictionary. Oh, yeah. The urban dictionary definition is actually it's pretty spot on. Is it really nice? Yeah. What, what I got on there. Yeah, it says new age term applied to new age term applied to energy produced by human beings that other entities used to feed from. Right. Here. Here's the one. I don't know how this came up as a top result the other day. This is it. I found it. It says demonic entity beings, archons, and reptilians feed off low vibrational energy. Hence, that's why our world is focused on enticing low vibrational emotions for the global population. Wow. Just, this, just the fact that that came up, even for a day, sure. as, a, as a top result, that, has to, that gives you a sign of what's, what's, where we're going and the information, yep. you know. Oh yeah, exactly. So that's a really good sign. So, so, you know, to, to, I guess to put an end on the, the Q discussion, I would say probably the best example of Alliance activity and things moving forward is Q. Now to understand that you have to really do your research. You have to understand all the various factors at play and you have to take a really holistic, big picture perspective. Um, one of the things I like to point out when, when we think about the kind of the spy versus spy aspect or how the Alliance works. A lot of people think that the Alliance is like these pure beings that have never done any wrongdoing yeah. and they're sitting in like an ivory tower and somewhere and you know, one day they descend from Mount Olympus to come save the day. That's not the way it works at all. The way it works is that in a lot of cases, these people are in the Alliance are former cabal members themselves who have had a change of heart or a moral calling, mm-hmm. okay? Or they're people who have of their own volition taken on the guys they've put on the mask the bad guy mask so they can go into these circles and appear like a bad guy you know so yep. when you're looking at these world leaders you know first of all i'm not saying that anybody in the world leader camp is like definitively a white hat i don't know trump could be like the incarnational viva for all i know or he could be the greatest greatest guy you know in the world but just to entertain the concept again from discernment we got to make sure we're not pigeonholing ourselves in, in black and white answers here it's not easy to tell whether or not somebody like, I don't know, Pope Francis, for example, the guy seems like a really nasty guy. Well, how is it that he's supposed to worm his way up to the top of an organization if he's just every chance he gets, he's stomping on um, deep state members? 
he can't. He has to play the game. He has to play ball. So, you know, that's something yeah, that you got to really, and really to see the big picture, you got to look at the, the tapestry of events, all the various things that are happening. And then that'll give you a better idea. But even then, there's so much we don't know. I mean, it's like from a tip of the iceberg perspective, we have like a little pencil eraser that's poking up the surface and there's yeah. like a giant Titanic size uh, iceberg underneath the surface. So. Exactly. And, you know, Q even says all the time, like in his uh, drops, he says disinformation is necessary. And he's speaking with the Q drops, but like just expand that to like the greater picture, like the Alliance, you know, they, they had to infiltrate the, the cabal organizations to take them down. I mean, that's really, they, they, I think a long time ago, they realized that's the only way they're going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to attack them. They, they control the militaries, you know, of the world. Like you're not going to be able to, to use force or, or vote them out. Cause you know, they're, they're above that whole system. They're, they're the ones controlling it anyway. So right. they're like, yeah. we have to get, we have to get on the inside somehow and infiltrate it. And you, the only way you're going to do that is to, to use their own methods against them. Like, you know, use deception, get on the inside and then, then take them down that way. And, um, and, and another thing, yeah. Uh, like you said, it's not, it's not this black and white thing. Like, Oh, the Alliance, they're all these, you know, perfect people. And like, no, it's, it's a lot of very flawed people or a lot of people that were in the deep state or the cabal. Um, and, and the way, the way the, uh, the cabal is operated for so many years is through control and you know people grow up in these families these you know cabal or illuminati families they they're they, it's not like they have a choice it's not like you know it's not like their parents are like oh so do you want to do you want to be in the illuminati is that something you know <laughs> do you want to sacrifice children and do you want to join the illuminati <laughs> yeah yeah you know like people that's got, a good way of looking at it though you gotta I think about, about this like people yeah. are forced to do terrible things they grow up okay. yeah not only being programmed, but being traumatized and, you know, just like everything imaginable to force them into, into being a certain way, into doing things. And, and then, and then it's the system that, you know, like the way, you know, the way they control people is like, they, they have all this information that they can bring out if you ever try to speak out against them or they can just kill you. Um, so, you know, everyone's just in constant fear of, of that. So, um, well, Stephen Greer did say it best in Unacknowledged. He said, you know, here's a bullet with your name on it and it will find you if you ever speak out. Mm -hmm. And, uh -huh. and that's, a, that's the best way to put it. Uh, and you're right. These people are, I, it's a good, I love what you just, how you just summarize that. Or maybe you didn't even summarize it, but I never thought about it as like, you're born into it. You're forced to live that lifestyle. Right. And so, so when someone, you know, think of someone like that that's that grew up being forced to live in that and to live that way and and you know being forced to be a part of the cabal essentially and for however they were able to break free you know good for them and you know so many of them have been doing that and and joining up with the alliance and then they have all this inside information because they were you know they've been in it for so long and they know how they operate. They know what they do. And um, so you have that, I think. And then you also have the, um, you have good people that intentionally infiltrated the cabal organizations um, from day one, you know, pretending to be one of them. 
and then getting I all the information how, and using it against them. So I wonder how many of them, how many double agents there were, you know, somebody working for both sides feeding, you know, oh, feeding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. There's a really good um, body of research I found a couple of years ago. Uh, very briefly, I'll give you a little recap of it. It's uh, it's actually in the, an article I just released. If you go to the Stillness in the Storm Facebook page, it's right up at the top. It's the pin post. It's the deep state religion exposed. And in it, I describe not I, only I've what the... Have you really seen good. that one? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I not only describe like what the, the the basic framework of the deep state religion is, but I also describe how they're trying to sell it to you and how you're actually being indoctrinated in it and you don't even know it. Yeah. Um, and what they do, this is a an ancient, it's really an ancient brand of faith, you might say. I, I loosely, this is my own term, this isn't actually what they go by, but it, I call it the order of the black sun. And I'm kind of leaning on, you know, researchers like Mark Passio and Fritz Springmeier on, on this, but the... There's the reason I give it that term is because the sun is representative of the light, the, the divine, you know, the Lucifer concept. If you boil it down to its pure essence, what it actually just means is light bearer, somebody, somebody who has the wisdom and is giving it out. So you can have a positive light bearer, and there's many examples of that through history, like prophets, like Buddha, Jesus, things like this. So you can have a negative light bearer. So the, the sun in pure esoteric Freemasonry is supposed to be, represent the eye of providence, which represents the creator. You know, it's the, the light of the creator being coming down to earth and informing the people. That's what that, but the, one of the positive interpretations of that symbol of the eye of the seal of the United States is, or the, the eye in the pyramid. Well, the negative order groups, they believe in the opposite. They, so they actually created a cult in 1666 uh, by a man named Shabbat Tezvi. He declared himself the Jewish Messiah. And then he started going around and basically issuing all these reforms to the Jewish religion. Now, the Jewish religion is, it, by definition, it's extremely dogmatic. And basically nobody but the Messiah can attempt to change established doctrine. So what he did was he created this cult. The cult got really popular very quickly, and he was essentially promoting an agenda of sin. He's the, the, one of the leading ideologies was that, well, since the, or let me back up one second. In order for, for the Messiah to bring about the, the great awakening or the renewing of the earth, this happens in times of great sin or great virtue. So either the world is like really prosperous and beautiful and everybody's moral, or it's like really dark and nasty. Mm -hmm. So their philosophy was, well, since we can't all be saints, let us be sinners. So we might, and yeah, they, it's impossible yeah. to be perfect. So let's just let's, do as much evil as we can yeah exactly and that was their that was literally what they were promoting openly back then openly doing this in 1666 now what's interesting is they they went to jerusalem they tried to retake jerusalem the sultan there at the time said listen guys this isn't going to fly you can either convert to islam or we're going to kill you so sesvi converted to islam and then he instructed all his followers to do the same and then they started a covert campaign to go behind, they would present themselves as one thing, as Christians, as Buddhists, as you know, Protestants, as Jews, but behind the scenes, they were actually Sabbateans. And then what that faith was, that's actually a front group for this deeper, older satanic cult that I call the Order of the Black Sun, in my opinion. So it's important to understand that because a lot of these people that you see out there, they're, especially in the cabal, they're, they're running off of these old programs of corruption and infiltration. 
and mm -hmm. you're not you're not going to be able to see it if you're only looking at the surface but that's the reason why they destroy your critical thinking skills it's the reason yeah. why they don't want you to think they just want you to accept it's because it's like it's like judging a book by its cover it's like seeing if a movie's good by only watching five minutes of it i mean yeah. you don't you don't really know so you have to do that deep dive and that dig and when you do you realize that a lot of the 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 things that we have in our culture and our society are all basically like a form of soft, you know, dark occultism or dark Satanism. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. And I, I read something that said when as soon as Q, or Q, as soon as uh, Trump Q, as soon as Trump uh, took office, one of the first things uh, Melania, his wife did was have the white house uh, blessed and, there, apparently there was a lot of uh, satanic relics and on display mm -hmm. in the White House. And oh, yeah. it, it was a very negative That's energy there. So she had it cleared. They had these, these relics removed uh, and basically just kind of a fresh start. So that tells you right there that they already knew what they were doing as soon as they, before they got mm -hmm. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. I think we're going a little oh. over our time. Uh, you want to? I know you're going to be at Portal to Ascension. Mm -hmm. I just saw that. That's uh, you want to. When is that? October. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Uh, hold on one second. Let me make sure I'm pulling up the right dates here. Da -da. Yeah, so it's going to be a conference in Irvine, California, on October. It's going to be. If you're not familiar with Portal to Ascension, Neil Gar puts them together. He's a really great guy. Um, it's in it's October 4th through the 6th in uh, Irvine, California. So you can go to www.ascensionconference.com. You can check that out. I, I was there last year. It was a great event. Really good high vibe people. Lots of good things there. Billy Carson is going to be there. Jason Quitt. A bunch of other people. So definitely come and check it out. And I'm going to be giving a talk probably about the divide and conquer between men and women. Although don't quote me on that yet. I'm still, still developing a bunch of stuff for that. So. Awesome. Yeah. There's, it's a, there's a big, uh, there's a big card there. There's a lot of people. That's, that's one of the conferences I want to go to this year. So. <laughs> there's there's so it yeah. Yeah. I'll also be, um, I'll be giving another t a conference through portal to Ascension. So if you just go to portal to Ascension, or Google that. I think it's portaltoascension.org, but just Google Portal to Ascension if you if you don't, or search engine, I should say. Um, then I'll be giving another webinar. I just gave a webinar about free energy, and which was amazing. The, yeah, yeah, you saw that. Awesome. <laughs> I watched great. the whole thing. It was really, really good. Yeah. Oh, uh, great, great, awesome. Yeah. Um, so this one I'm going to be giving. It's actually it's going to be a much more in depth presentation of a talk I gave at Contact in the Desert last year called Blueprint for a Better World Through Understanding ET Contact and Culture. Um, so that is gonna be on the 18th of May. I'll be in LA for Disclosure Fest, which is going to be, I believe the 22nd or the 3rd, it's a Saturday in June. And it looks like I will also be speaking at another conference this August. We ha haven't finished hammering out the, the dates and location yet, so I'll, I'll announce that soon. So. Uh, so yeah, that's what's that's what's going on in my world. Awesome, yeah. Uh, looking forward to all of them. I, I, I wish I could go to every conference. It's so amazing, but uh, it's not. Uh, it's not really feasible for everybody. Well, you're, going to, you're going to the Hawaii one, so <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. You're going to one about of the best that. ones. Oh, nice. Yeah, good for you, man. That sounds great. 
yeah it'll be it'll be great uh anyway thanks for coming on it's been awesome uh looking forward to seeing what you're gonna uh be coming up with in the future um and any any last things you want to leave us with before we go um i would say that well yeah there, there's a lot of projects i'm working on right now that i haven't necessarily talked about but um there's a lot of big things coming as far as what i'm going to be offering so keep an eye on that you can follow my work at stonesinthestorm.com for now i will be launching my solo project here, God willing, in uh, this year at some point. So you'll be a little bit more condensed as far as, you know, if you just want to see me and my work and that kind of thing, it'll be a little easier to find me. But if you go to stillnessinthestorm.com, there's a tab that says start here. And I've listed like all the choice articles that either I've written or that I think are really important that are hosted on stillness. So if you want to kind of like crash course on everything related to awakening, there's a lot of really good stuff in there. And uh, I would say, you know, as far as words of encouragement, you know, we're living in probably one of the most amazing times in human history. There's, we are on the spiritual battlefield. And I don't mean to say that in a, a dark sense, but a, what I mean is that from a spiritual perspective, growth happens because we, through our beingness, strive to become more than we were. And right now at a collective consciousness level, humanity's kind of been stuck in this this place of being in the dark ages and being enslaved for most of human history, at the very least the past seven, 8,000 years. So right now we're living in the times of the apocalypse. We have the, the mysteries of the ages at our fingertips through the internet. So take your time, do that studying, get to know yourself, be kind with yourself, love yourself, be compassionate with others, and really seek the truth. And we are gonna make it through this together as one people. Yes, that beautiful. was beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. And uh, uh, just a reminder, anybody who's listening, March 21st, National Happy Positive Day. Uh, (laughs) Something that we're, uh, friend and I are trying to promote, uh, defy the cabal day, just trying to get everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sue, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So we'll we'll be blasting that on Facebook if I'm allowed to get back on it. Uh. Anyway, uh, all right, it was great having you. Uh, Aaron, anything you want to add before we uh, sign off here? Uh, No, man, just thank you so much for joining us. It's been amazing. Um, It's been a blessing having you on. And uh, yeah, just thank you so much for joining us, man. My pleasure. Glad to be here. We're going to make it through, guys. Yes, yes, we are. All right, later, guys. All right, later, guys. Peace out.